0: Hi, I'm Sumo Bose. Welcome to the Net Hero Podcast. Just a couple of weeks to Christmas and uh, a bit of Christmas cheer is on the way. We all need it, I think, this year. Uh, Omicron notwithstanding. So I hope you uh, all are uh, Healthy and uh, doing okay. In this week's podcast, I wanted to reflect on uh, a couple of interviews that Rob and I did up in COP26, and these were really interesting because there were two facets I think that were very much uh, the undercurrents of what was discussed there. One is a conversation around art, the other is a conversation around us as people and our rights and our and our ability to to tell the people that. Are our politicians what we want? So the first conversation was with a guy called Vincent Wang, who is from Taiwan, but he is the, I suppose he's the official artist of Tuvalu. Now Tuvalu is one of those uh, Pacific islands where everyone talks about, you may have heard of Vanuatu and other places like that, which are at the ground zero of climate change. So Tuvalu is a place where a little bit of change in terms of sea level and the whole place could flood. It's very vulnerable, doesn't have uh, a lot of money, it's at that kind of one of those nations that needs the money that's been promised many a time since Paris for you know bigger nations helping out. And Vincent, even though he's from Taiwan, he is the official artist and he tells the story of the risks and the dangers that uh, Tuvalu is facing. And some of his art is just incredible. So he was tucked away in this back corner of the blue zone and Rob and I were wandering around and we found him. And it was just like these enormous polar bears wearing life jackets and penguins that seem to have given up on life. It's like suicidal penguins. It caught my eye. All of his work was very, very inspiring, very kind of insightful. And it was part of an undercurrent that was very interesting at COP about the art, about the societal values, about kind of what climate change means away from the science, away from the money, away from the politics, how it affects us as people. So have a listen to this.
1: Uh, My name is Vincent J.F. Huang. I'm a Taiwanese artist uh, and I use my art practice to help Tuvalu speak louder in global society since 2010 until now. So you're an artist, I can see some polar
0: bears behind you. Explain what they're made of and the significance of the jackets. The
1: material for the polar bear is recycled, old newspaper as a major material. And the behind meaning is I, will, I always use uh, those poor animal victims suffering by climbing change, like a penguin or polar bear. Because the Tuvaluan is living in very traditional lifestyle just like a penguin and polar bear, They didn't do anything wrong, but they sacrificed first. They almost had zero carbon emission, but zero survival. This is very unfair, an international justice issue. So I would like to use art of power, visual impact to attract more media and awareness to public. Because this is not only for Tuvalu, because once Tuvalu submerged by sea level racing, 70% 70% of coastal areas in the world were facing the same crisis.
0: Your polar bears are wearing life jackets. Is that a signification of kind of time is running out? Is that what you're trying to say?
1: Because, uh, for example, the extreme weather will more frequency to hit uh, everywhere. Only this year, you can see the bushfire in California and uh, Australia, and flooded in mainland China, even New York City last month. So, which means uh, more and more climbing refugee will come very, very soon, just like a refugee crisis a few years ago in Europe.
0: Your, your artwork is, is stunning. I like the, the impression you've got a, a polar bear pushing the globe up and looking at the temperature rise. Why are you so interested in this climate change as your method of art?
1: Uh, I'm studying in Aberdeen. 20 years ago. So just up the road from here? Yeah, come, come back to Scotland again. Yeah, but yeah. I'm already getting older, but also very professional artist now. You know, Abding is the oil capital of... of yeah, of so I, when I learned contemporary art in great school of art in Abding, my professor told me about artists to be a public intelligent. We are not m to entry museum, to exhibition. We need to use art, power of art to impact, social impact, to change the world, to change the social. Children love
0: art more than anything else. It's the first thing they do is they learn to draw. I've got a little toddler, he wants to grab a crayon. We have a lot of talk going on here. We've had all the politicians the last couple of days, and there's all the businesses. Yeah. You're here, which is, I think is fantastic. Thank you. Why do you think the power of art can make a difference? Because people say, you should be campaigning or you should be joining a, an eco group or you should be doing why are you using your art
1: because i think this is uh, only day five until today and uh, huge most of uh, global mainstream media already come and you can see most of dedicated uh, most of people will still fight with polar bear I think this is uh, you also attracted by my Direct. yeah. So because my yes, it's working because bear So you are eh? yes, <laughs> <laughs> so coming. Yeah. So I have a chance to speak louder for Tuvalu. Why do you represent? You're from, you're from Taiwan, yeah, yeah. originally.
0: Yeah. Why are you so representing Tuvalu? And most people don't even know where Tuvalu is.
1: Because uh, in two thousand nine, after Tuvalu dedicated crying in the Copenhagen Copper, the most failed copper in the history. Yes. They say that the fate of my country raised in your hand. I remember they, that. Yes. They hold the global media focus on Tuvalu. After that, I read the news. I start to research Tuvalu. And I'm very lucky because Tuvalu with Taiwan has a official diplomatic relationship. So Taiwan ambassador helped me to meet the Prime Minister of Tuvalu but now I'm become a part of the Tuvalu government. So
0: that's brilliant, and you know, it's one of those nations, you know, all these small Pacific nations there, that you said it, that it just takes that difference of just a few centimeters or half a meter and destruction. Are you, how do I say it? There's been a lot of talk here and there is some things that are being achieved, but time is not with us. Do you feel something positive may come from this?
1: Actually, I don't think so because, for example, my suicide, my behind, suicide penguin. Yeah. Actually, I expect first time 11 years ago in Marlame Bridge in London. But 11 years past, we are still here to talking about how to reduce carbon emission, which means we didn't do anything wrong. But CO2 and atmosphere still increasing very quickly until now, it's already 419 ppm. So I don't think this COP, it can make something. But if the people care, if the people
0: protest, if people say, I don't want to do it in your home city in Taiwan, if people stay in places like India, people, young people say, we don't want cars with diesel, we want electric. we want to change,
1: are you not hopeful? Yes, I believe that most people hope for the earth, the world will greener. But the key point is uh, the world is not designed by civil. Yeah, it's all J- Joe Biden, Xi Jinping, Mark Hong. They have to working together to make a deal. It's not like a China president scaring come to here. Even China just say they are, they will continue to emission carbon. The peak is in 2013. Which means China will continue pollute a lot in coming nine years. So, it, how it possible if the biggest country continue pollute emission? How is possible COP26 can under one point five degree? So it's totally impossible.
0: Yeah. I would encourage you to Google him, Vincent Huang, and uh, just put in official artist of uh, Tuvalu and you will find his stuff it's it's fascinating and when he comes to London next uh, and does an exhibition I'll I'll definitely be up there now we also caught up with an old friend of uh, the future net zero podcasts and that is Angus Forbes now if you've listened to our uh, Gaia says no series uh, the first series he was one of the mainstays one of uh, my buddies on it and we were talking about um, kind of the concept of what do we do to get global governance now obviously at the time of this recording we hadn't had the final decision we hadn't had the change of phrasing from china and india about kind of you know phasing down rather than phasing out coal but you know we've been talking for ages uh, angus and i and he has a concept that was initially called the Global Planetary Authority, which is basically an idea that we as a society, we as humans, not Brits or French or Indians or Germans or Russians or Chinese, but we as humans across the world, we link up and we say to the planet, let us protect our planet. So let's create bio zones like, for example, the oceans or the Amazon, and the world will say we all protect it together. It's not just the responsibility of Brazil, it's the responsibility of all of us. And the idea is that we have the ability to ask for governance because in a couple of years, there'll be so many of us connected, five billion of us connected through the internet. So the power of mass communication. So I caught up with him at a fringe event and we had a catch up, not just on how he is, but also the plans for what's been going on about his big idea.
2: Angus Forbes, how are you? Summit, I am so well, and um, all the better for seeing you, mate. Oh, uh, the biggest liar on the planet. It's here. There are politicians lying there that you're here. <laughs> they can learn a thing or two from me,
0: <laughs> mate. It's been great to see you. T- tell us what's been going on because we did our series on Guy says now. We talked all about what uh, global uh, planetary authority or idea of this kind of global governance movement. Yeah. What's been happening
2: since? So what has happened is that I met up with a group of social movement builders and I took the idea to them and they said okay Angus what you've done is thought exploration work I'm like okay I didn't know that so you've looked at a concept you've explored it you've checked it out like that what we're going to do is we'll take it to 100 focus groups around the world we know how to slice and dice this and we'll put take your book to them and the idea that humanity is getting ready to enter global governance above the nation state for the first time uh, to protect the biosphere, and we'll see what they th- they think. But I'll tell you right off, we're taking this horse out for a trot, and if it's not a runner, we're going to shoot it, right? And you can go off, go home, have your Marmite sandwich, right? But, don't, you know, it's done. And they came back and they said, listen, um, the focus groups have come back. And they said that it's, it's, it sounds imperialistic and colonial and white and Northern, and we don't like the name. And if we do enter global governance above the nation state, how do we make sure there's no tyranny and corruption up there? And, and how, do they, how do we have power when we create this agency up there and all these things? And you haven't spelt that out in the book. So they, they really attacked the concept but they concluded with, we want it, the invitation. We want to go, we, as long as we co-create it, so as, as we create the agency that we want to have up there. And of course, that's the only way, right? And so from that piece of work, now the social movement is being built and ready for its initial launch next year. We got our first piece of funding from a foundation, which is great. Um, and a few other little sources, and then basically, hopefully there'll be two years of, of initial work of the movement launching up to a global launch in two years' time. To pe- people who haven't, and
0: how, how dare they not How, hear dare, they? how dare they? How they they not, but in a nutshell, explain your idea.
2: If you love soccer, you have FIFA, and all they do, these men and women in FIFA, all they do is they think about the soccer pitch. 11 against 11, how many referees, VAR. They're always adjusting to make sure the game of soccer is enjoyed by the three or four billion people who enjoy soccer. Now humanity has reached a point that we run a planet with Mother Nature. That's never gonna end. So even when we stop climate change, we're gonna have to worry about man-made chemicals. When we stop worrying about man-made chemicals, which is never, we're gonna have to worry about uh, mining on the sea floor. Once we stop worried about that, we have to worry about intergalactic mining missions coming back from to Earth. The the game now is that the relationship between humans and the Earth at this power level is never going to go away. So let's put in a FIFA or an international uh, netball federation, a specialist authority who says, listen, humanity, we don't care if you become all communists. We don't care if you live to 200 years old and plant AI in your head. We don't care what you're gonna do for the next 500, 1,000, 2,000 years. Our job is we're gonna keep this planet alive and healthy. And we're gonna create, say, all the rainforests as a global protectorate. Half of the oceans is a global protectorate. Um, we're gonna have more and more biodiversity hotspots. We're going to put in carbon taxes and bring that number from 415 back down to 280. And we'll do it slowly because we can't just plant trees everywhere. No. Because then we have the 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 um there you go. Uh-huh. Celebrating See they know. They, they know. know. Right. <laughs> they know it's right. They know it's right. So it's just time for humanity to go up on our uh, gear above the nation state. Some would say that that's what's going on there, over at COP right there, just over our shoulder there, that they're talking
0: about this. They've had this announcement about deforestation. They've had a commitment of 100 billion finally being paid up. They're looking at the oceans. And why is there a need for this idea of yours, a concept to protect the planet, which is transitions all national boundaries? Do you believe any of that stuff that's gone on?
2: I do believe in it. I do believe that incrementalism is important. But at the end of the day, we simply have a structural design flaw. In 1972, all the nations came together and they signed the Stockholm Declaration, which said that the natural assets of the Earth must be safeguarded. And then and 50 years ago. 50 years ago, next year. Yeah. Every single asset is worse, except for ozone. And even then, we're relying on Mother Nature to repair herself at the ozone level. Because no one wants to go up where Felix Baumgartner jumped out of his Red Bull canister to throw O3 molecules around. No one wants to go up there, right? We just pray that it's all going to smooth out again. So we have a structural design flaw. And people go on and about oh, this, this national leader is rubbish and doesn't get it. All the nation leaders over the last 40, 50 years have got it. It's just that they are compromised to do another job. Yeah. They're, yeah. just, they're just not designed to do it. So it's like having Barcelona, Manchester United, um, uh, you know, uh, Sydney FC and say to them, hey, work out the rules of soccer. And they say, well, no, we're football teams. You know, yeah. we hate each other, yeah, right? Yeah. We're, the, we're supposed to compete against each other. Yeah. So you've got to go and say, let's put in a specialist agency that can do this stuff properly. Now, I'll just one other point. 1979 was the first world conference on global warming and all the nations rocked up again. And their final decree was global warming is a serious problem. And the parts per million that year was 336, up from 280. They said it was a serious problem, 1979. And I'll bet you a euro, a dollar, a pound, that the year that we go net zero will be 2079. It's almost written in the stars. Why? It's going to be 100 years because they're not structured to do it. Mm. And the Chinese say, hey, we've got to get, we've got to, they've already said, let's go for two degrees, 2050-ish. The Indians naturally, 2070, naturally, because they want it. Energy is life. Energy is necessary. You know what I mean? Mm. But maybe if we'd had a, a supreme agency, they would have seen this early in the 80s and say, guys, we've got to start this now. We're bringing in carbon taxes, da, da, da. We've got to get wealth transfer from the rich to the poor to, to do this because, you know, that's their only job, carbon, oceans. So uh, I I feel after three waves of national self-determination, which is what we've had, 1850s, post the First World War, post the Second World War, decolonization uh, action, we've had three waves of creating countries. We're going to have the first wave of creating a global agency above the nation state.
0: Before we end, let's look at where we are right now. You're one man, right? You're trying to create a movement, it's this whole thing I think. Today's youth day when we're recording this Mm. and I've just been actually knocked out by some young kids we spoke to, some of the the scouts who were there speaking. Uh, Just over your shoulder, there's loads of people demonstrating right now and there's this kind of mass movement thing. But the reality is there's always going to be people who protest. There's always going to be people. And the, the rest of us, as they say, we've got our day jobs. We've got to get on with life. Yeah, I spoke exactly. to a taxi driver said, are you interested in COP?" He said, not me. must worst Scottish accent ever. Uh-huh. He said, I don't give a shit about it because I want to go and see my doctor and I can't see my doctor. How do we transform this? Because we all know we need the planet. We all, this is where we live. How do we transform this into kind of... Not saying that there's a certain group who are really campaigning and if you're not part of it, but it's something we can all do. What's your idea of how this will happen? Because I think you've got an idea that, that the way that technology will unleash will, will, will allow this to happen.
2: That, that's, that's the beauty of it is it's only going to take you and me two minutes when it comes to it, because we will vote this to give our personal sovereignty to create this agency. <laughs> So it's a straight power play. Let's not make any... This is not asking China, asking the British Parliament. We're going to walk past because there's 5 billion of us online. And we have, and in history, the most famous acts of self-determination, where you create the structure you want to have, yeah. happens at 100 to 1. We have 5 billion, and the amount of people that control the 195 nation-states and, and soldier them is 50 million. So for the first time in human history... We've got to the to one, but at the global level above the nation state. So we don't have to march. There's nowhere to march until the day comes when we're all are going to do it on our phones and we're going to allocate up, we're going to vote together. And if a nation state or some nation states, the governments who we have just walked past, don't like the agency and say so we don't acknowledge this agency, even though the people of the world have just created it, we close the system down. And you might remember Ceaușescu, the Romanian dictator. And we all remember that day, Mm. we'd had the Velvet Revolution. We'd had 1989, he said, I can still hold this thing. And he looked down and the people just went, no, you're done, we're past. And he was dead later that week. So it's going to be easy to do, but we just have to believe we can do it. And our leaders are coming who are going to take us there.
0: Here's a middle-aged revolutionary I can get behind. (laughs) Mate, thanks for joining us again.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Angus there, and, you know, I really do encourage you to pick up his book. It's on Amazon. (laughs) Give him a plug. The Global Planetary Authority. But it has some great ideas, which I think are very relevant. Has the UN really done what it could do? Has it actually been a toothless organisation since 1948 when it was formed? I don't know. My personal view is it's not really doing that much, but... Whether we'll ever get to the ability for us to actually say, these are our resources as a commonality, as a commonality of human beings, and they should be protected. I think that's a bloody good idea. So uh, I'm wishing him all the luck there. So that's pretty much it for this episode there'll be more uh, coming from cop perhaps maybe the other side of christmas we've got a couple more conversations to get done before then and i'd really like you to get involved um i know we've been a bit top stop start with it but please email the show at nethero at com. give us some ideas tell us about people that are working in the net zero world that you think should be worth us celebrating. And we'll definitely do that. And please subscribe. It's great to have so many of you listening and downloading, spread the word subscribe now. Thanks for listening.
2: You've been listening to the net hero podcast with
0: Summit Bose from future net zero. Visit our platform for all things net zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to net zero and want to be featured on the podcast, Email NetHero at FutureNetZero.com. Follow us on social media. FutureNetZero.com. Better business, better planet.